you're taking all these classes about other things. You take dance, you take piano, you take basketball lessons, and you take whatever other kind of dance lessons and baseball lessons and all kind of stuff. But what lessons do you take to teach you how to be a friend, how to connect to people, how to deal with the unexpected, right? And this is a basic fucking life thing. Life is going to happen to you in ways that you don't expect. Who is teaching you how to prepare for that? What I want most for women everywhere is to stop playing small and step into your unique power so you can finally show up as the fullest, biggest, and truest version of you. But that requires that you first get crystal clear about who you are and then let go of everything that you're not. I'm here to teach you how to know yourself, trust yourself, and honor yourself so you can create a deeply aligned, deeply empowered, and deeply inspiring life. You know, the one you were actually sent here to have. Come on, let me show you how. I did not plan to be away from the podcast this long. It was August of 2021. I thought I was like taking a little bit of break because just things around work were kind of getting a little bit busy. But then life started happening as of course it does for all of us. And then I just was like, I'm not really in a place to podcast. So I stepped away for a few months, but I fucking love doing a podcast. So of course I'm back. Couldn't wait to get back. Happy New Year. We are, you know, three months at this point. It's March of 2022. So we're three months into the new year, but I hope it has been amazing for you all so far. And I figured a really great place for us to start would be talking about my 2021 lessons over the last 12 months, because we're kind of turning the corner and going into new things. But I love to do reflections. I love to hear other people's reflections. I love to hear how they think about and conceptualize their life. And so I figure it might be helpful for me to share mine. I always feel like, you know, there are always so many lessons that we can get from one another. And I very specifically, and I know I've talked about this, like I see myself as a lighthouse. I know that I am here to help other people make it to shore and to use my life and my experiences and the things that I go through to remind people that you are not here alone. Me too. I have done it. I have been there. I have tried that. I've cried those tears. I've messed this thing up. And so fitting with that kind of theme of who I see myself and how I want to be, I'm like, oh, you know what? It'll be really cool to start after a long break and take you guys through my 2021 lessons. So the beginning of the year, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, what's the data when you look back over the last 12 months? Like, what's the biggest theme? What was this one word? And for me, I didn't have one word. What I realized was that there were three big phases. Like, it felt like I lived three different years in the 12 months of 2021. Like, it felt like three distinct and very different phases. So for me, that started clicking and it's like, okay, what would you call phase one? What would you call phase two? What would you call phase three? And those were actually the lessons. So I'm going to tell you what the phases are, and then I'm going to take you through all of them. So the three phases were expansion. Phase number two was grief. And phase number three is letting go. And so at the beginning of the year, you know, rolling into 2021, of course, we're like fresh, you know, super in the middle of the pandemic, kind of still fresh on it for sure. And, you know, for me, I think I've said this before, but 2020 wasn't the awful year that it was for a lot of people. 
my relationship ended that year. So that brought its own thing with it. But in terms of being isolated and being by yourself and people not being able to get out and be around, that was actually really good for me. I didn't realize until 2020, which is so crazy to me, I didn't realize how much alone time I actually needed. I didn't realize how much time I can be around people and have fun and kiki and laugh and do all that stuff. But I need to come back to my own space. And this is really where like God speaks to me, where I had got this clear mind, where I process. I'm not a person where the TV is on a lot. I mean, I watch my certain little shows that I like, but I don't generally have the TV on. Even in the car, I don't listen to music a lot. And so just being able to, you know, almost kind of be tethered to the house was really, really good for me because I realized like, oh, there's so much more that you, like, I just needed more time and space. I don't even know how to articulate it to a certain way in words, but it's like, I needed more time and space and 2020 definitely gave that to me. So I spent the year like saturating in all of my energy and then writing that into 2021. It was just so expansive. I came into the year feeling really expanded. Um, I had been in a program in Maya Elias's accelerator program, and that had been super, super helpful for me in some very particular ways. And so understanding, I think one of the biggest ways last year changed, particularly around the expansion, was about work. Work and my personal life, like friendships, but for sure about work, because the work that I had been doing and the things that I'm into... I've been into for a long time. Like I think even when I was still majority like running my design firm and in that totally, this personal work, this work of humans and self and telling the truth. And I wasn't calling it sovereignty then, but like showing up for yourself. I've always been into that. But it's always kind of been a little bit of a struggle to bring it to other people because I haven't always known how to package it or how do you water this thing down? I am very watery Pisces energy and Pisces South Node. And so it's like, how do you package all of these things for me that are very like rooted in spirituality and God, package them and bring them to people. So being in her accelerator and doing some other work on my own really helped me to get a grasp for what it looks like to bring structure to the business in a way that I had never had it before. So that just helped me expand and, you know, launching new programs. I launched a program called Unapologetic last year. That's all about speaking your truth and knowing your worth and trusting your authority. And it was the first time that I had had a full on course. You know, I think there's like, I don't know, 15, 20 hours of audio in the course, everything laid out. I hired extra support. I had an OBM and OBM is online business manager for those of you who don't know. And being able to just see myself run and be in my business differently was super fucking cool and really, really expansive and empowering. Maya definitely taught me about frameworks. And so again, having that structure, being able to bring some structure to these very fluid, incredibly expansive ideas that I have had has been helpful for me to think about and be in my work differently. So the expansion focused a lot around work. It also focused around creating different ecosystems and fleshing out my own ideologies around things. And then also just with the people that I connected with, like I'm a huge fan of Instagram. I always say that like for me, Instagram is such a great place to meet people. And because my Instagram feed and who I follow and everything is so curated and I only follow accounts and things that I love that feel expansive or make me laugh or I'm learning or people that I like and really fuck with. And so people re would reach out to me last year, a couple of people, and it's like, hey, I'd love to 
connect with you or hang out. And so people that I became cool with and I'm still really close with to this day, and we would like walk and go to the park or go and do different things. And so I love that I was able to, again, expand my social circle, even in the midst of a pandemic and connect with people that I hadn't connected with before. It really filled my cup in beautiful new ways. And relationships in general are always fascinating to me. And when I say relationships, I'm speaking in the broadest umbrella with like friendships and everything. Because, you know, we think we know what we need. And this is true for every area. We think we know what we need. We're so clear about what we need and all this stuff until you get something new. And it's like, oh, shit, no, I actually needed that. Or, wow, I didn't realize that this space was open and looking to be filled by somebody. So in that way, phase one, and the phases definitely were not by quarter. So phase one, the first part, the year, the first thing I experienced overall, I would say for sure was expansion. Like, I definitely was looking for ways to experience myself more and bringing new attention to desires that I already had and doing some really cool different things with meditation and ways that I was meditating that I hadn't been before. So all of that was really cool. And then the second phase was the grief phase and the grief and the letting go really kind of flow into each other. But one of the things that I realized last year is like, we just do not talk about grief enough in our culture. And I think that we are so organized towards trying to assemble the pieces of our lives so perfectly that we end up trying to avoid grief because nobody wants to be sad. I like to call it the valley of the shadow of death. And grief can be a lot of things. It's not just somebody dying. So it's like, Everybody wants to avoid going to the valley of the shadow of death, but you really can't do that because in order to get to the next place you're going, there's only one route and it is through the valley of the shadow of death. And so I realized that eight years is a long time to be in relationship with somebody. It's a long time to be friends with somebody. It's a long time to be a member of somebody's family and unweaving the thread was just really, really tough. And it wasn't something that was going to happen in a short amount of time. I'm definitely the type of person that like, because I value intimacy so much, and there are a lot of people that I know, and a lot of people that, you know, I'm cool with, and I won't necessarily, I won't necessarily say hang out with, but there's a lot of people that I know, and I'm like, kind of in relationship with in some form. But in terms of those people that are like in the intimate, intimate circle, it's very small. It's a handful of people. And so when something happens where those connections have been broken, I'm not a person who lets go easily. And before we can even get to the letting go part, it's just the everything that comes with the grief, the sadness and all of that. And also understanding how much that disconnection pulled up deep things within me, rejections and wounds and abandonment wounds and all of this stuff from childhood. And so just, again, spending so much time in that grief phase last year just started making me think about grief in different ways and looking around. And it's like, all of us are facing deaths in different ways. That can be moving houses, moving careers. People are dying. You get sick. You have a loss of a certain level of health that you once had. Maybe you lost a certain amount of money. Again, people were grieving very palpably the pandemic. And I'm not able to go out and mingle with people the way that I was before. And there's so many ways where, again, the only way we conceptually think about grief and we're taught to is when somebody dies. But it's like, what happens when there's a death, but the person is still alive? What happens when the person is still walking around and the grief feels like they are in the ground? And so one of the things I realized last year, there's so many things. I'm always going to say one of the things I realized, but 
one of the things I realized last year too was like, Deka, you're doing a new thing. You've never grieved like this before. You are opening up to a deeper layer and also seeing how this connects to there is this sadness about this person, about the family and about the arc and the story and all of this stuff. But this also goes back to other things from before. This also goes back to core beliefs. This also goes back to core woundings and seeing it pull all of that out. And then me understanding that with myself helped me to kind of bring a different lens to other people. And so I'm looking around at other people that I know are going through past, like, past situations and past things that have happened. And it's like, oh, we're all walking around trying to avoid the sadness that comes with grief. My father died in 2006 or seven, and that brought its own grief. That's a whole thing. You know, losing a parent is a thing all in its own. But being able to see that like the experiences aren't comparable and you can't compare it and it's not about how much you love a parent or love this person or don't love this person and love the parent more. It's just seeing that like where we are in the timeline of our lives, certain things are going to happen that are here to break us open. And you can either submit and surrender to the thing and allow it to take you along this path that's unknown. You don't know where you're going or you can fight it. And what's the whole thing about grief? People are afraid to crawl in the hole. People are afraid to submit to it because you feel like it's going to swallow you. Like, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get out of this. And there were so many days that I'm just like, I mean, literally all I could do was just cry and pray and God get me to the next moment. Like, this feels like this is never going to end, that I will never heal from this, that I will never get over this thing. And constantly like reparenting myself and reminding myself like, Deka, stay here, stay in it. You are safe. I think I may have mentioned this before. One of my favorite mantras is I'm safe in uncertainty. There is no place that God is not. And so reminding myself like there's an, I think it's an African proverb. I'm so mad that I didn't write this down. I found it in a book or somewhere. And it said, wherever I have fallen down, God has pushed me there. And that it was an African proverb. And I love that because that ties directly with this mantra that I have said for a decade. I'm safe in uncertainty. There is no place that God is not. And it's like, even in the midst of this sadness and this grief, the story has taken a path that you didn't expect it to take. And yet we are here. Do you believe that God is still in this place? For me, of course I do. Okay, so then the same thing that I would say about my vitiligo, there is something else for you here too. And you may be in a place right now where you can't see it and it doesn't look like you can't see through the muck because it's just like, there's so many analogy for analogy purposes. Like there's so many tears in your eyes. You can't really see straight, but trust and believe that God is in this space too. And so me teaching myself to be really gentle with the grieving process and not trying to make myself be over it. It wasn't just another boyfriend. It wasn't just another friend. It wasn't just another person that comes in and out of your life. It was so much more. And so me remembering like, Deka, don't expect yourself to get over this thing this quickly. Don't expect that you're only going to be sad for a little bit of time. These are the types of things that stay with you because this is what love does. It imprints on your heart. So me, again, teaching myself through phase two, that grief looks like something completely different than what I was taught. It's not take three weeks off and then go back to work and you're okay. Like I would say it felt like a weighted blanket, like for a long time, that was just my companion. It felt like there was this kind of weighted blanket that I couldn't get off of it. And I'm grateful that I at least had enough knowledge. Number one, I'm in therapy and my therapist is amazing, but 
that I also had enough knowledge on my own before I even connected with this therapist that this is just a part of the process. There is nothing wrong. And that becomes a thing too. Whenever we're in these spots, like where we're sad or we fuck something up or things aren't going the right way, one of the first things that we do is turn in on ourselves and gaslight of like, you've done something wrong. If you had made this choice and that choice, you would be in a better place. What if that's not true? What if there's nothing wrong? What if you're actually exactly where you're supposed to be for the things that are coming that you don't even know? And this is why I love, follow me here, because this is kind of a little bit of a distant thread, but it's like, this is why I'm such a fan of journaling, but just really paying attention to what's happening in your life. Because what can I relate this to? Maybe not from a sad perspective, but it's like, in a certain way, Deka, this is like Turkey. You did not know what was on the other side of it. So if you can try to not rush forward, not try to hurry up and be somewhere you're not, but if you can stay in this thing and be with yourself and witness to yourself and again, be gentle and reparent yourself and just allow yourself, allow the feelings to come up. Because the whole thing about grief that we all know too is like, if you don't deal with it now, it will come up later. It will come up when you're dropping little Susie off in the carpool lane and Becky pulls out in her Volvo in front of you and cuts you off and you lose your fucking shit on her on some place, probably when you're in the backseat of the car, like going to jail or something, it will click for you that there is all of this rage and resentment and anger and sadness and all of these things that are built up that never got to be expressed. So what happened in this moment is not actually about what's happening in the moment. It's about all these other things. And like I said, in my own sadness, just looking back about different things in my life that I've never got to grieve. And like, even I say vitiligo, that's something that's very present for me because I'm still experiencing it. It's still expanding over my body. And I talk about that constant process of accepting and letting go, but there's also some grief that needs to happen in there. So I'm really proud of myself for the work that I did in that area. And again, teaching myself how to grieve differently, giving myself a whole fuck ton of grace and reminding myself that like, you're okay, you are okay and documenting it. I'm so glad that I documented a lot of it through voice memos and journaling and all kind of things because I'm like, I want to remember what it is like to be in this place. So that was a very big part of my year last year, phase two. And then phase three becomes the phase of letting go, which clearly is connected to the grief. And this is still an ongoing process for me And I have learned to let go in a way and with people that to an extent I never really thought I was going to have to let go of. And so, like I said, letting go is very hard for me. I mean, and this is something that is very like anchored in, I was going to say anchored in my DNA because it comes up in my astrological chart and it comes up as a part of my human design and it comes up as my Enneagram. So this is something that I've already known. And for those of you who aren't into those kind of things, I don't co-op those things. I'm not adapting my beliefs to them. The reason I love these different processes and these different systems of learning about humans is because for me, they affirm so much of what I already know about myself, right? And so it's like, I know that I'm this person that doesn't let go of people very easily, but maybe I'm crazy or maybe I'm weird. And then I find these systems and it's like, oh no, Deka, you're not crazy. Like, This is something you do. This is why you have to be very discerning about the things that you get into. And some of that is there's not enough discernment that's going to keep you from having to grieve or let go of people. We are here to be human. This is the process. And I am not absolved of that. 
And so again, like I was saying earlier, like when I have these deep, intimate connections with people, they're branded on my soul. And once they're branded on my soul, it's very, very difficult to let go. I hold on for life. I'm loyal as fuck. And it's not something that I, I wouldn't say loyalty is a value for me because I don't want people to be loyal if that's not something they want to do. But I just know how I am. Like once I fuck with you, once I really like you, I will and have abandoned myself to stay in relationship with you. And clearly that's not a good thing at all. But it's like, I know the ends that I will go to, to keep the connection. And so, and I love the experience of like, just commitment and relationships deepening their roots over time. But there's also a thing of like, kind of knowing when it's time to leave the room. And I know that I haven't always known when it's time to leave the room. And sometimes something has to be yanked out of my hands for me to see it. But in still continuing to like unwind from the relationship, getting to this really beautiful point where it's just like letting go is also about accepting. And the accepting is accepting what is, not looking for it to be different, not wanting it to be different, not hoping it to be different. And I will say a lot of this was also made, I was going through my own experience, but then adding on to the fact of seeing this person move on, then seeing who they moved on with, which was a whole nother thing around it, deepened both the grief and everything around the grief. And also, I don't know if I would say, I don't know that it didn't accelerate the letting go, but accelerated the need to let go. And, you know, again, like I said, I'm always really mindful. I never want to, in me trying to be gentle with myself, I think one of the things we try to do is like, We want to proclaim that like, oh, I've got the revelation on that. Oh, I'm good on this. Oh, this doesn't bother me anymore. Oh, I'm over that when we're actually not and trying to force ourselves to be somewhere where we're not. So what I really was doing was trying to witness to where I was and letting my emotions and my body give me the data. You know, I think that emotions are not, feelings are not always true, but they're always factual, if this makes sense, because the feelings are always pointing out something very real that needs to be addressed. And so it's just like, oh, this is a struggle. And oh, what are you making these things mean? And yeah, you are at a point where you're here. These things are happening over there. You see this. What does this mean for the bigger story? And who do you want to be? And where do you want to go from here? So again, these are things that like when I think back to being a child, nobody taught me any of this. (laughs) Nobody taught me how much time it takes to grieve. And again, yes, I've read the books and I know the seven stages and I know people say that grieving isn't linear. And for those of you who have lost somebody, or I'm sure at this point you all have had breakups and breakups that have been really tough, you've experienced this in your body. But also understanding, even for me, of like your breakup, it's very hard to compare the situations unless the relationships were the same, unless the connections were the same. And so even if I've talked to or connected with people who have gone through something similar, there's always a part where it's kind of like, yeah, but that's not really what it is because this thing was different. And so again, me knowing that, Deka, you don't have to look for other people to validate it. There's no validation that's required here. This is just where you are. This is the phase of life that you are in. And again, even looping it to the vitiligo, sometimes things happen that we don't always anticipate happening to a certain extent. But what do we do when we find ourselves there? You know, Deka, what do you want to do now that you are here and this is what's happening? Nothing from the past is an option anymore. Like the only choice is to go forward. And again, I know that I'm very clear of like the visions and dreams and things that I see for myself. I don't want to carry 
unhealed wounds and unhealed hurts and unexpressed emotions as much as I can. I really want to be mindful that I'm not carrying that stuff forward. So I have spent a ton of time and a ton of money working through all of this stuff. A lot of it, like I said, I've spent so much really, really good time in therapy. My therapist is so amazing. I'm so grateful for the support. And again, her helping me to also tie the thread back to the past. Because that's one of the things that I think is really important. Like we have relationships and I'll talk about relationships specifically because that's where my grief and the letting go is focused. But it's like we have relationships and we can get out of things and start to like demonize people or get into the tit for tat. You did this, you did that. But the reality is a lot of this is always just pulling on core wounds that we have had. And it doesn't even mean that the wounds are wrong. Sometimes it's just like, we don't actually value the same things. We don't believe the same things. We may want to, but you're doing something and this means X to you. And when you do that, that means Y to me. We don't have the same beliefs. And even thinking about how do we notice these things ahead of time? Nobody taught me how to be in a relationship. Nobody taught me outside of my own life experience, right? Like as a child, there's no classes that we take on friendship. I was in the brownies for a little bit of time, but I didn't even graduate to the Girl Scouts when I was doing that. So it's like, you're taking all these classes about other things. You take dance, you take piano, you take basketball lessons, and you take whatever other kind of dance lessons and baseball lessons and all kind of stuff. But what lessons do you take to teach you how to be a friend, how to connect to people, how to deal with the unexpected, right? And this is a basic fucking life thing. Life is going to happen to you in ways that you don't expect. Who is teaching you how to prepare for that? And prepare is a bad word because I don't mean prepare in the sense of how to get ahead of it or how to stockpile all the food so this thing won't affect you. But it's like when you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, and you will, let's not spend so much time trying to figure out how to get out. Let's figure out how we need to pack our bags so that we know how to move when we're in the valley of the shadow of death. Because It's not if we get there, it is when. The valley of the shadow of death exists for all of us. It is that dark night of the soul place where it seems like it's a night. And that's the thing even about the dark night of the soul. It's not just one night. Joy cometh, morning will come, but that shit may last months. Do you know how to pack your bag to be prepared for the unexpected that happens in all of our lives? That's more of the thing that we need to focus on. And so again, it's been interesting to me to see ways where I do know how to do it and ways at 43 or 42, 41 years old that I didn't know how to do it, ways that I wasn't taught how to do it. And so as I'm simultaneously grieving and going through all the different steps of that, also thinking, how do you want to be different next time? How do you want to feel? How do you set up different support systems? How do you learn different things? So when I think about 2021, And the lessons, you know, these phases and the lessons of expansion and grief and letting go, really all of this could probably fall under the umbrella of expansion because I remember, and I wish had I thought about it, I would have pulled out my journal and read you different things that I had written during that time. But I remember one of the nights just being really, really sad and writing in my journal and kind of writing my way through and just like, I know that two things can be true at the same time. I am so full of sorrow and so hurt and feel so abandoned and all these different things. And yet this other thing is also true that like, I will not be the same Deka on the other side of this. This is making me more. And I do believe that 
something I would always say, I don't know if it's Marianne Williamson or somebody that I used to always quote, that love brings up everything unlike itself. And this is very funny because I know my ex, that was a thing we used to debate about because he didn't believe that. But I do. Love brings up everything unlike itself because it triggers certain things in us. It triggers the things that are hiding that need to come up and be healed. And so now that these things have been exposed for me, I'm like, what do you want to do with them? I don't want to shove them back in the closet because I'd rather heal and go on to the next challenge. I want to go on to the next thing that's expansive. And so my prayer would be like, God, whatever it is that I need to do to get me through this time, I do not ever want to do this again. I do not ever want to experience this type of feeling again. Whatever you need to take me through so that I get it, please do that. And so as I was journaling and writing about my experience, one of the things I was telling myself was like, Deka, even when you're sad on the days you feel like you can't write, get your phone and leave yourself a voice memo. Let it be an audio journal because we go through really tough times in our lives and then we get on the other side of it. And the more forward movement we get, we get farther away from the pain and we start to kind of forget what it was like. And the thing that I was telling myself is, I never want to overgeneralize and oversimplify how fucking excruciating and painful this shit has been. I never want to forget it. And so the one thing that I made myself promise to do was like all the time, especially when you are sad, right? Because I want you to never, ever, ever forget what this has felt like. Because I also know that, again, tying this back to the work and back to expansion, This is creating a type of empathy in me that I have never had before, a type of compassion. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't empathetic or compassionate before, but when we experience something in our own lives and we witness to that thing, this now gives you a point of connection to connect with somebody else. Again, it's different to not have an autoimmune disease and try to connect with somebody. It's another thing for somebody to come up to me and be like, I know what that fucking shit was like. I know how that takes your breath away. I know how you feel like you're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, or you're wondering if any of the things that you feel and dream are possible for yourself, if they can ever happen. Uh, It hits differently when somebody has walked the road that you walked. And so this was why I did so much documenting of it for me personally, so that again, I could be a witness to my own life and look back and never forget where I have come from. So yeah, 2021, I would still say it was a really great year. I mean, again, like I said, three very distinct years, three very distinct, it's like 36 months was lived in a 12 month period of time. But now it brings me to where I am now. And it's March of 2022. And I recently had a birthday. I'm feeling very good about where I am, what I'm doing, getting ready to launch to, well, I keep saying getting ready to launch, but literally the two Lost and Found Marrakesh retreats haven't done them since, what, November of 2019, and be starting one in May on May 11th, and then starting the second one on June 3rd. And it's like, I'm excited to get back into the world. I'm feeling so good about the work that I have done, the personal work. It's like, one thing I can always say, and I will always know is I have fucking fought for my healing. I have fought for it. I have laid myself at the cross. I have laid myself on the throne. I have done the work to embody who it is I say I want to be and what it is that I'm looking for. And I look back now and it's just like, you know, I remember those nights where it's like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it through this. The other part of me, the other Deka saying, Deka, you will, you will. 
And so it is really, really cool to now be here. And again, to witness to it myself of like, yeah, you remember those nights where you thought you wouldn't make it. You remember those days where you're just like, I can't do it. I'm not, I don't know how long this is going to last. If I got to wake up tomorrow and have to do this again and feel this again, I don't think I'll make it. And now getting to the point. And so I was reminding myself in those moments, like, you don't have to worry about next week. Your only challenge is to get through today, to get through tonight, just get to the point where the sun comes up again and ask God to help you in the meantime. And so being able to piece and breadcrumb that together to be where I am now. And I feel really good, of course, that I'm sure I'm still in the process and still letting go layer by layer every day more and more. But I'm proud of myself for the work that I have done last year and really grateful for my trajectory and where I see myself going. And again, we're so late in the year, but I hope that you all have had a chance to kind of do a recap of your years for 2021. If you haven't done that, I would take a minute and just sit down to do it and reflect a little bit on what the themes were for last year. What were the things that you learned? What were your biggest lessons? And I don't even know that I would say how you want to take them forward. For me, it wasn't about how do I want to take this expansion, this grief and this letting go forward. It was just getting clear about what the story of my life was for 2021 so that I can open up and be aware and pay attention to what story is unfolding for 2022. And I am. And so far, it has been really, really good. So happy to be back. Would definitely love to hear what your themes are and stuff if you want to share them. I will drop my website in the show notes and you can contact me there. And that's it. I'll be back soon.